the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Fro, your host. Great to be with you for Hour 2 today of Southern California Live. We're on every day from 3 to 5 every weekday. And we talk about the news and the issues of the day from a biblical perspective. You can call and join the conversation, 888 888- Five two eight two five five seven triple eight LA talks eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. You can also send an email socallive at kkla dot com. Hey, there's you know two weeks before the election, and I think almost anything you talk about probably has because of that it has election connotations, right? Lots of COVID news today. All of the sudden, President Biden held a press conference today where he got his COVID team together, and then he opened it by saying this. Good afternoon. I'm here today with uh, my COVID team, as well as leaders from some of America's top pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Albertsons. And we're here with a simple message. Get vaccinated. Update your your COVID vaccine. It's incredibly effective, but the truth is not enough people are getting it. We've got to change that so we can all have a safe and healthy holiday season. That's why I'm getting my shot updated today. So after that, the president, uh, he gave a few more comments, which I'll hear and we'll we'll let you hear in just a second. And uh, he went and got his shot. Is this his fourth? I think this is his fourth shot. I've lost count of how many there are right now. How many of you have, have you gotten all four shots? However many boosters are available right now, have you gotten all of them uh, or did you stop at some point? And here's my real question as we talk about this, we're getting back into this conversation. I think there's some, there's some election politics with it. It'll be interesting to see what changes, you know, after uh, the election on this and just about any subject. But also the, it's that time of year where there's flus and colds and other things. And where is this going? I think it's going somewhere. But a big, a big question I have is, do we have, and by we, I mean, does the, does the United States, does our leadership in either party, just generally speaking, credibility, do we have credibility on the COVID, on, on the future of where we go with this virus and what's, what's happening? Do we have credibility, or if not, how do we get it back? Or if you think we still have it, how do we maintain it? Because it certainly is, is teetering. When the president says uh, there's not enough people who've been boosted and everybody ought to get boosted, well, people aren't doing it because they don't think they need to. That's, that's the reason. And uh, so when everybody is saying, when, when some one group is saying you should do it and you really need to do it, but people aren't doing it, there's a disconnect there uh, that has to do, I believe, with credibility. The president continued this way. Virtually every COVID death in America is preventable. Virtually everyone. Almost everyone who will die from COVID this year will not be up to date on their shots or they will not have taken Paxlovid when they got sick. Uh, is that true that almost every COVID uh, death is almost preventable? I guess it, there's not as many deaths as there were. There's still quite a few going on. Actually, I think the more relevant statistic, 
And this is one I think we have to listen to with all of the noise about this and the different sides of it, okay? Here's the statistic I think that he should have said, that he needs to say, that everybody I think involved needs to say. Almost everyone who will die of COVID is over 65, and in that crowd, most are over 85. A majority over 75 and 40%, according to the CDC and the Kaiser Family Foundation, are over 85. And this is the question that I had when he said that today. I thought, well, isn't it true that the most likely people to die in general are over 85? Not to frighten you if you're over 85. I know that we have some listeners who are 85 and over, and it's it's great that you're a part of our show. And uh, I hope that you're here for 20 years. I hope that you're one of those people who, uh, you know, you get on the Today Show because you're 125, as long as you're enjoying it and, uh, you know, and whatever. And I don't want to belittle the fact that there are still people who are dying or sick of COVID, especially if you are older. My parents are in their 80s, and they both had the COVID this summer. And it was scary. It was scary for us as a family. They're in their 80s. They were vacationing in uh, a rural part of Tennessee with a family friend that uh, we have, that they have. And they're a long way from what I think would probably be your, your best care. Um, and I know that some of you are, are going through it. It was a scary thing for my family, my dad especially. He's, he's always, you know, every time he even gets a cold, we worry because he's got some lung problems and other things. And they're both doing fine now. Talked to him yesterday. They're doing great. They made it through. But I know that this is still a big issue, especially if you're a lot older. But moving forward, what do we do about this and where is it going? Okay, the Kaiser Family Foundation brings together some stats, you know, from the CDC. And it's true that vaccinated people are faring better than unvaccinated. But the number of deaths is so low, it's really in the hospitalizations are so much lower now. I think it's very, very difficult to to make that comparison. Does that make sense? Where you have thousands and thousands of people dying and you have every day, which we had a little over a year ago, and the numbers between those vaccinated and those weren't were pretty significant. Now, I don't know that it's not much that that there's enough people with it where those numbers matter right now. It says you're about five times more likely to actually die if you are unvaccinated. Um, but still, the numbers are I think what they're not factoring in is that you're almost unlikely to die at all if you're under 65 and mostly if you're over 85. And I bet that statistic is probably true for flu shots and other things like that. The boosters don't seem to make a lot of difference, according to the statistics. The CDC now says that the COVID-19 prevention recommendations no longer differentiate based on a person's vaccination status. Uh, and so basically all the recommendations that the CDC is putting out, it no longer differentiates between vaccinated people or unvaccinated people. And they give some reasons for that whatever they are. How do we have some credibility with this? 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. John in Ontario, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how you doing? I'm just calling to say that uh, and working as a nurse, Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the science behind everything is the science and numbers are numbers. But when you squelch the scientific evidence that's been actually, you know, counter to what the narrative is putting out that's just based highly, highly emotionally on fear. And and don't get me wrong on this, COVID is still a disease and it does kill people, but it is not the bubonic plague. Uh, they have shut down massive amounts of economy and activity, including churches and such, relative to the idea that this is the equivalent of the bubonic plague killing off half the population. 
and the numbers just do not prove it from the very beginning even to now. So if you can't have true science and you can't have open discussion, there's no way you can have credibility. And that's mm. where the government has completely failed. Yeah. I, you're a nurse now? Yeah, and I'm you, a registered nurse. And uh, you've been working throughout the uh, the COVID, uh, the pandemic and everything. Um, are you, uh, did you get vaccinated? If I can ask that question. Uh, again, you can, and it's totally against my will. They threatened me to lose my job if I didn't do it. Well, that's where I was headed because, you know, it's another part that I think factors into this is that so many people were um, in, in your position. In fact, I know people who didn't. In fact, a good friend of mine, she did get vaccinated one, two, and she got her first two shots. She even got the COVID later. And then they forced her to get the booster. She said no, and then she was let go. And oh, yeah, I had COVID. I had COVID after I got the vaccinations and the booster. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, vaccination, this isn't a vaccine. It doesn't work the same way. Yeah. It's, it's not. They, they redefined the word vaccine relative to this so it fit the description. So you would say, uh, do you see a lot of patients with COVID? Is it, has it, um, I don't know. Well, it, I can tell you that right now everything is still under COVID restrictions. Everyone's in a mask. Yeah. Everyone's got to clean. Everyone's got to be treated like they have COVID until proven otherwise. And even then you're still masked up. Yeah. All right, John, thank you for calling. Uh, I think he's right that we, we have to we have to fix the national conversation because even there, there are different sides and different extremes to this that have gone way beyond what the science is. And, you know, I don't think that's a I think that is a one number one thing. The second thing we have to do is stop the, the scare tactics. OK, and that's something that I wish the president would would back away from. I thought he was going there. I really did. I thought that, you know, he. You know, not too long ago, he said this on 60 Minutes just last month. The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's But the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing, and I think this is a perfect example of it. Now, he, got, he was at the uh, car show in Detroit, and so it's people all around and all kinds of stuff. And he's in that age group, right, where he's going to be 80 next month. And he's in the highest risk age group. And he got a lot of pushback for this by saying the pandemic's over. Look, people aren't wearing masks. I think, though, that what he said is what most people think. When And whether or not that's accurate or not, right? The pushback he got was, no, we still have the pandemic. And we, we can't say that, Mr. President. But most of the world has moved on to at least an endemic stage where this is something that is going to be with us for a while, the COVID, and uh, or maybe forever there will be a coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, a virus that's out there and mutating. It's not nearly as bad now as it was, but it's still dangerous. I thought that was a much better approach. But for some reason, and maybe this is the politics, he came back to uh, a little more of the, the scare tactics today. He said this. We are looking at a winter of severe illness. Actually, though, this was last year. Remember he said this last December? This is what he said last December. We are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospitals, they'll soon overwhelm. But there's good news. If you're vaccinated, you have your booster shot, you're protected from severe illness and death, period. And so that's what he said December 16th. Of course, that didn't really, December 16th last year, that didn't pan out. We didn't have this uh, dark winter of, there's a lot of death, but it, it tailed off actually quite a bit. It didn't turn out to be as bad as, as he was expecting. 
Uh, so today he had this to say. And if you get it, you're protected. And if you don't, you're putting yourself and other people on necessary risk. The shot is free. It's widely available and conveniently located just in time for the holiday season. Uh, so some of that even that he, that he said is not entirely accurate either, right? That, and, and maybe it's just a, it's a nuance, but we were told at one point that if you got the vaccine, right, then you can't pass it on to other people. That was the, that is the reason for the mandates. That's the reason that people lose, lost their jobs because they wouldn't get the vaccine or they wouldn't get the booster or whatever, you know, phase it was in whenever that came about, because the idea is, well, you're going to get everybody else sick. I wish he would go back to September. I think there is a reasonable conversation we can have about this. That's what I'd like to to hear us talk about. What is the reasonable way that we can move forward with this conversation? And maybe some of what the president's doing is politics because the election's in a couple weeks. I know everything changes after that. Uh, That's how it goes. What do you think? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. I looked up the the vaccinated status of, of people. So ages 65 and older, this is according to the CDC, and these numbers were put together by the Kaiser Family Foundation. I was curious, you know, where are we at with, with all of this? I think for, for a lot of us, it's left our mind. I, I don't think that we think about it as much. I know that some people do, right? But I, I think that it's – some people call it uh, COVID, you know, COVID fatigue – uh, not the kind of fatigue that you get when you have COVID. When I had the COVID, I've never experienced that kind of fatigue. It was terrible. Um, but the fatigue about even talking about it, the fatigue about actually going through the the conversation and even discussing what should be done or what not, you know, what shouldn't be done. Should you have the vaccine or not? Ages 65 and older, uh, 74% are vaccinated and boosted if you're over uh, 70, uh, 65. Um the total number, by the way, is only 47%. This is kind of what the president is hitting at. Only 47% are vaccinated and boosted, so less than half of the country. Uh, there's another 26% that got vaccinated the first time, but they have not gotten a booster, so another quarter of the people. So about almost two-thirds of the country um, has not been boosted. Um, and that's a huge number. Uh, another 3% partially vaccinated, which means you got the first shot. If you had the two-shot deal, um, you didn't get the, the – remember the one-shot one? That was the Johnson & Johnson, you know, one shot and you're done. And uh, I don't know if that's gone. There's some reason for that. Um, 3% for that. And then there are nationally 23% never got vaccinated at all um, to do that. And that's where the president is going for. So if you're over age 65, where you are in the the highest risk factor, 74% are vaccinated and boosted, another 11% vaccinated, but not boosted. So about, uh, you know, about four-fifths, a little more than that, 85, what's that? Yeah, 85%. Uh, only 12% of ages 65% did not get the shot. Here's an interesting one, though. It goes through all these different uh, categories, right? This has always been a partisan divide since the beginning in a lot of different ways, which I think lends to the problem of, of credibility, which I think makes it's making me ask questions about what's getting said right now because we have an election in two weeks and how that might affect it. Maybe it's trying to change the conversation or, or other things. There's a difference between Democrats and Republicans. 
Uh, Democrats, 71% of Democrats, according to the statistics, have been vaccinated and boosted. Another 16% got vaccinated uh, first time. Only 9% of Democrats never took any vaccination COVID shot at all. Uh, Republicans, um, only 31% are vaccinated and boosted. So half, less than half. Uh, there's another 31% of Republicans who got the first two shots, but they're, they haven't gotten the booster. So another third. And then 34% of Republicans, no shot at all. That's completely different. So the, the highest number of people almost who in this division of, of different categories of who's been boosted, Democrats are the highest and Republicans are almost the lowest um, in all of that. That is a, a political division. And what that tells me is that this is no longer, or maybe never was, as much about science. And I think both sides are arguing science denial, sort of against the other side, where one side says that, well, you're, you're denying the science and you're, you're more likely to not die if you get the shot, you should go get it. The other side is saying, uh, it's not likely to die if I get the shot anyway, especially if I've un- I'm under 50. And it seems to me there ought to be a way that we can come together with all of this and move forward because it's going to move forward somewhere. Where do you think it's headed? I think it's headed to a place where there will be a annual shot, just like the flu shot. Um, This is some of the things that have uh, been said. This is the president's spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre today. And as the president said, for most of us, you're going to get this protection once a year, like we do with the flu shot. I think that's where ultimately this is going, is that there will be an, a, a flu shot option. There will be an option for you to get it or not get it. And uh, this is uh, Dr. Ja, who is also talking about this on, on uh, MSNBC today. The good news is that we have, you know, as the virus changes, we've been able to keep up. So the new vaccines uh, keep up. I suspect that there may be another vaccine next fall. But we're getting into a tempo where for a majority of people, it's going to be a once a year updated vaccine. I think that's where it's going. I think I think we've known that kind of since the beginning. Right. I mean, I don't think that was hard to to predict. Uh, Are people going to do it? That's my big question. Is is it going to become something that's optional like the flu shot? Uh, Do you get your flu shot every year? Uh, Is that something that you look forward to and do? A lot of people do that. Uh, A lot of people don't. The only time I've ever gotten that flu shot is when I was going on some mission trips and I was leaving the country and I got all kinds of different shots for for different things I don't want. Uh, Otherwise, I don't think I've ever had a flu shot if I didn't plan to leave the country. And I'm not saying it's good or bad or that you should or you shouldn't. I'm not saying any of that at all. I'm just saying I'm glad I, I guess I'm glad I have the option. That to me, I'm like, well, if I feel like getting it, I should I should go get it. And if I don't want to get it, I'm glad I don't have to go get it. That would be my big concern. Coming soon, coming very, very soon is, are they going to force our kids to get it? When you look at these statistics and you realize that very few children, almost no children, are getting COVID and dying. There's certainly a few people, but it's hardly any. And the the balance between the risks that are uh, a part of any vaccine that you get, when those risks are the same or maybe a little bit worse than actually getting the disease and what it might do to you, um, are they going to force our kids to do it? The CDC voted 15 to nothing to recommend this. It's going to come to the states. In California, if you remember a year ago, over a year ago in California, the Newsom administration did say that vac- that the COVID vaccine will be mandated for kids. Uh, October, you can go find it. It's October 1st, 2021. 
and they were bragging about being the first in the nation for masking and staff vaccination measures, and now we're going to make kids do it, and they gave a schedule for all the kids based upon whether or not there would be ultimate FDA um, certification of the, the, the shot. And now they pulled this back in the spring, and they said, well, we're going to pull it back. We don't have all of that now. We're going to do it uh, maybe in 2023. So that means the next school year, the CDC is recommending that it become part of the regular mandatory vaccinations for children. All right, the same thing as like your measles and mumps and all of that kind of stuff. Do you think people are going to vaccinate their kids? It's what? It's 95% of people have not given their, their kids under 12 the shot at this point. What is that going to do in our state? I think that's going to be a big deal. I think that is a, a huge fight that's about to happen. And maybe we won't, you know, but, but California has already been set on the path to do that. There is already, and we tend to do whatever the uh, CDC recommends. Uh, that seems to be where we are. What do you think about this? Oh, and, and maybe you're tired of, you've got fatigue just for the whole conversation. Have we just moved on? How do we deal with this? in a reasonable way. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you today. Scott Furrow with you. 888-528-2557. We're talking about uh, the COVID vaccine and uh, the announcements made today by the president inviting people to go get boosted. And we're talking about the credibility problems that that exist, I think, because of the different arguments and the different approaches that have been the case over the last couple of years with all of this. How do we deal with COVID moving forward into a place where it looks like what they're going to do is have a yearly shot? There's a lot of question as to who's going to mandate that and who isn't and those kinds of things. Is it possible for us as a nation and what do we need to do to get back to a place where we can have a reasonable conversation with credibility where the majority of people would agree with the the right direction to go? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Let's go to... Uh, Marsala in the Hawaiian Gardens. Hi, thank you, Scott, yeah. uh, for taking my phone call. I'm an x-ray tech. I work in a hospital. I am not vaccinated. I was threatened to, you know, my job uh, September of 2021, but I just held strong, and they just uh, finally um, accepted my exemption, so I tested twice a week for many weeks. That was finally lifted, so I don't have to test anymore. I did have COVID uh, December 2020. I have not been sick since, thank uh, since then, thank the Lord, I had a fever for one day. That was my reaction to COVID. Fine. Everyone's different, I realize. Yeah. My frustration is that I really wish it was uh, um, not mandated. If, if you want to take the vaccine, if you want to take boosters every year, please just let it be up to the person. Don't, you know, make it part of a system or part, you know, because my frustration is that I see is all my coworkers, there was maybe a little handful of us who weren't vaccinated. We did not get sick. And all my coworkers who got the vaccine and then they, and then when Governor Newsom decided he, they needed to have the booster now, you know, mandate quote, they all took it. They all got sick. And it's just, that's the frustrating thing for me to see people just, and, and, and any reactions they have, like, different symptoms you can never tie it into the vaccine anymore and i find that frustrating as well like oh my kidney functions are higher i'm I'm have a nosebleed 
oh, I had the vaccine two days ago. Oh, it's not that. You know, that's the thing I have, you know, I get frustrated with. You know, you you should be able to have that conversation, right? Even if it turns out that's not the case, you should be able to say and examine Mm -hmm. if that's the case. Right. And, and I don't believe that, you know, it, there's one size fits all. Everyone's different. You know, none of us in my family are vaccinated. My son is not, my husband not. We all got it. And, you know, we're okay. But why can't natural immunity mean anything anymore? That's, you know, that's another thing. And it, 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 and it's it's just hard. And it's like you mentioned fatigue and, and the numbers, the inflate numbers. And they'll, you'll hear, oh, 20%. Yeah, but 20% of what? Like millions? So, but they word it in such a way that just gets people so afraid, you know, and you have to read between the lines. And there's, um, a, there's a lot anyway. of things, I think, that have worked into the credibility. So do you know people from your hospital who did get fired because they didn't get the vaccine or the booster? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thankful to say no. Our actually no one from my our corporation who owns our hospital they did not get fired. They okay. accepted your religious exemption or a medical exemption. So for that, I was thankful. Yeah, because that's know? not the case know, in a lot of places. Right, and I you know I want to say I think it really had. I mean I don't know, but their corporate headquarters is in Texas. So in my mind, I thought they're more like open to having medical freedom. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, kind of, I don't know. I'm just thankful they accepted it. And But then, of course, I had to do the twice-a-week testing, which was so, it seems so ridiculous when everyone around me who were vaccinated getting the booster were getting sick and getting COVID and out for 10 days, and they, you know, they're gone. And yeah. we're, the, we're the ones who are, quote, threat that we have to test. Well, thank God, it's that's done now. So well, and I, I think maybe just, you're right that the, the mandate is maybe mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems when it comes to the credibility yes. issue. Thank you. Uh, yes. Thank you for sharing your story you. about thank that, uh, Marcella. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. Uh, what do you think? How do we get credibility back into our national conversation when it comes to uh, the COVID-19? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Oscar in Baldwin Park. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hello, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. yeah I've been listening to the conversation, thinking about a lot of the, the uh, COVID, you know, it's, it's definitely something we should talk about because it was a serious threat to a lot of people you know there's still people who deny that it was even real you know and I, me personally i don't think that's the case it was real i know people who passed away from it yeah um but i one thing i say about this virus it, it, it was like a truth it, it was like a truth that because like it exposed how flawed we are you know as as we're in the days we live in now low technology so uh, a simple, it was a simple virus, and it and it wiped us out, it caught us off guard. You know, our hospitals, we don't have enough hospitals, stuff like that. Medical staff is really under understaffed. Uh, it just exposed the world that we're as far as we come. We still have a long way to go to be in an advanced society, you know. And um, as far as real quick about the kids situation, I heard that that's why I really called first was about the kids and the yeah. identity, the kids. Um, I don't know. I think we still need. I think we're still years away from really understanding what this virus is and what the vaccine is. Um, me personally, right now, I don't think I'll give my kids it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There's still not enough information on it, um, and I think we're still years away from really understanding what this disease was and what the vaccine actually does for. Because it's not a. It's not even a vaccine. Right? A vaccine cures you, right? Right. A vaccine is just a shot. You know, so it's just a shot you're getting. It's not a vaccine. A vaccine gets where you don't get it again. That's the same. That's why you get the measles. The measles. Uh, shot right and the polio shot and all that so you won't get it correct that's right it's different yeah they're different uh the and i think they're correct that they change the the definition i'm not really sure that the the conversation about that goes anywhere helpful ultimately but they they do now have a different 
uh, approach to what they're calling vaccines. One that says uh, if you get this shot, you're never going to get it. Like polio, if you get that shot, you're yeah. not going to get it. Um, yeah, but the COVID, you're you're probably going to get it. But they're where the science I think stands now is what they're saying is that you're less likely to to die or be seriously ill. Uh, but you're still going to yeah, get it. Just, yeah. So if they said the, the the COVID shot, like a flu shot, you still could get it, but it just won't get it as bad. It's more like a flu yeah. shot. Yeah. Which I think yeah, makes more yeah. sense scientifically. I think you said something though that is very much part of the conversation we need to have is it showed us that we're very vulnerable to a few things, didn't it? That it showed us how fragile we are, that, gosh, a virus yeah. could come. There could be worse viruses. I mean, some of the fear about this in the scientific community and the virologists and stuff are that what if there is a virus that's like the Ebola virus that is dormant with you for a few weeks and you have enough time to travel around and spread it around before you even know you have it and it kills people quickly, right? That's a very frightening notion. Uh, right now, those viruses, you're usually immediately sick and you don't make it out of town before you pass away. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it only killed like 3% too overall, right? Imagine a virus that kills 10 to 15%. That, that's kind of, that's dark ages right there. Yeah. The smallpox, which was on, the smallpox, which was just 120 years ago, it killed about 30%. It was pretty serious. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. but, you know, the difference was when when the vaccine came out for that, everybody got in line. There weren't, weren't too many people uh, saying, don't give me that. Um, but that's because yeah. the death rate was very high and everybody knew it. Um, and it was a different situation. Oscar, thank you so much for your call. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, 888-528-2557. You know, I think it showed us that we're so vulnerable to virus. We're also vulnerable to ourselves with the fear and I, the understanding and education that maybe we have about the science. Remember, the, the follow the science is what we heard. But we stopped following the science, whatever side we're on, based upon whether or not the science was fitting our, our perception of what we ought to do. Does that make sense? So at first, I think we didn't understand much about the science. So there were the shutdowns, and most people accepted that for a few weeks. But eventually, people said, and you saw differences across the country. You saw differences with school openings and other business openings, mask mandates, vir- you know, vaccine mandates, all of those different things. I think what this period of time has shown us is that we are very vulnerable to to fear and that we don't understand that science can, you know, to say follow the science or I trust the science to sort of make science into religion doesn't really make a lot of sense, I think, that the science is going to change, that hopefully the scientific work on this or anything else that's being done is to to question whatever current results we have, to question what our thoughts are. So if the science, it's a major controversy right now about whether or not the science actually ever said that you couldn't transmit the virus if you got the vaccine. That's what we were told initially, which I think is part of the credibility problem. You know, when you're told if you get the uh, the shot, you cannot transfer it to anybody else. When you're told, hey, you know, the virus stops with you if you get the shot. And then that turned out not to be true. One of my best friends he he got the shot, and uh, he when he got COVID a couple of months later, he was so angry. <laughs> and I'm only laughing because I know him, <clears throat> and he's just this mild-mannered guy. And he was just so angry because he felt like he'd been sold a bit of goods. And he didn't get that sick. He It might have prevented him from getting worse sick. I don't know. But the idea that he even got it, when he thought, good, I got it. I don't have to worry about this anymore. Um I think that created a lot of credibility, but I think that what we've got to be careful about is that the science, 
you know, I don't know if that was ever the science or if it was just the politics. Or if it was the science, we have to accept the fact that the science changes once we have better research and once we understand things better. That's how science works. That's why you've got to be careful about statements about I believe in science or I believe, you know, or I'm following the science. If you're really following the science, then your opinion might change. Uh, if you're really following the science, then you, you, your opinion is going to be flexible based upon what the numbers uh, tell you. 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, 888-528-2557. Uh, Lucretia in San Diego, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, Scott. Hi. Um, hey, I, I wanted to just agree with you in regards to it being the politics were the ones that said um, if you got the shot, you would not get the COVID. Uh, most everyone I know who got the shot got COVID, and my mom got the shot, and within a month, she got COVID and then she died. Oh, no, I'm sorry about that. I'm real sorry to hear yeah. that. Yeah. So I definitely didn't get the shot. And, um, I mean, that was just my choice, but I just felt like it should have been a, a, a choice thing, not a... So do you feel like in order to get credibility back, we all have, uh, you know, you have your own uh, experiences with it that are, are bad with the your mom right. dying and with the virus. Other people have a much better experience, right? They got the shot and got sick or didn't get sick. We all have our own anecdotal things. How do we get on the right. same page as a society and do better with how we have this conversation? Do, do you think it's the mandates that are the biggest problem? I do. I do think it's the mandate. I think it should be like any other um, medical uh, decision. It should have been. There should have been freedom. It's about what you think is right for you. Yeah, that might that might be the better path going forward. I appreciate your call. I'm real sorry about your mom, uh, Lucretia, and that Thank you've gone you. through that. And, uh, you know, as we talk about this, we've got to realize that many people lost family members. They lost their parents. They lost friends. I lost friends. You know, I've got my own uh, anecdotal stories to tell about people I know who who uh, died. And, uh, you know, everybody has those kinds of feelings. So there's a lot of emotion with this. But moving forward as a society, we need to do something better to, I think, take the politics out and to uh, come to some agreement about what is the best policy moving forward. When we come back, I'll continue to take your calls. And uh, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And also, I'll tell you about a court decision that happened in New York. The New York Supreme Court today made a decision about mandates in New York, New York State. That is very relevant. I think it will have an impact on uh, the rest of the country, most likely in time. The number is 888-528-2557. I'll tell you about that when we get back. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back as the Tuesday edition continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Good to be with you. The number is 888-528-2557. With some COVID news out today, we were talking about uh, how to get us to a place where we can have a reasonable conversation and way forward, being that there is so much controversy and so many different things um, related to the COVID, uh, really on kind of all sides, how do we have a reasonable conversation going forward? One of the ideas that uh, I agree with that callers have said is that we've got to deal with the question of mandates, that this is the place where we seem to really have left 
put people in a position of division, especially where people have lost their their jobs, they've lost their uh, income, their careers. Today, an interesting decision was uh, made in the city of New York or the state of New York by a Staten Island judge uh, on the Staten Island Supreme Court judge who reversed a New York City ruling, a New York ruling uh, about uh, vaccination mandates. And they said this, being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19, the ruling notes, which we noted. And the judge ruled that the petitioners, which are sanitation workers who were fired for not getting the vaccine from the city of New York, the petitioners should not have been terminated. And the judge wrote that if it was about public safety and health, meaning the if the if the mandate to get the vaccine was about public safety and health, then no one would be exempt so, you know, every case, every legal case has this nuances, right? It has things that are very local, very important. What happened in New York is city workers were told they're going to get fired and they were fired if they didn't get the vaccine. But what happened is, is that there was an exclusion made in the city of New York um, for athletes and uh, for different uh, performers in theater and other stuff. And basically, the judge said, hey, if this is about public health, then the entire vaccine mandate should have been for everybody, not just one group of people over another. And if you're going to make those kinds of exclusions that have nothing to do with the science, um, then you shouldn't have a mandate for anybody. That's basically what the uh, court decided. The court also decided that everybody who lost their job needs to be rehired and they should have back pay. And the city of New York is appealing. They disagree with that ruling. Uh, That'll go through the court a little while ago. So the vaccine mandate is still in place, although the city of New York also voted today to stop the mandates for private businesses that are there. I think that that is really key to getting us on the right page. I think the the mandates make it really tough. And I think if you, you know, to, to have a reasonable COVID approach, especially when the mandates don't seem to be related to the science as much as they are related to people's fears or related to uh, different politics or however much money is coming into the city through uh, entertainment or sports or other things like in New York. Uh, what do you think about this? 888-528-2557. Carolyn Van Nuys, welcome to Southern California Live. Hello. Hi, Car- Hi Carol. Go ahead. Hi. Um, from what I know, vaccines are supposed to keep you from getting a virus. However, I don't know if they really work because when I was 14 in the 70s, I contacted the mumps. I, even before that in the 60s, had the measles and the, I mean, I had the chicken pox and I had the vaccines, but I still get the diseases and I almost died from the mumps. I was a week in the hospital for six days in a coma. And yet I still got it. When I was in high school, I still got the measles, even though you're supposed to be immune from having the diseases when you get the vaccinations. So I don't... I don't put too much stock in getting the vaccine. So your your personal experience has vaccines, yeah. but they all still got the chicken pox when they were real small, not in school, but they haven't gotten the yeah. other diseases yet. Carol, so, I got a, um, I got a lot of other calls. I appreciate your yeah. call and your your input there. You know, one of the things that people are saying or questioning about the the COVID vaccine being mandated for kids. Okay, and in Carol's case, you know, every vaccine that's out there, the measles, mumps, the uh, uh, different childhood ones that we get, polio, 
there's always a percentage where it just doesn't work, okay? But in the most case, it did work, okay? The, the facts over time are very clear that it does work most of the time. That's why as parents, you know, as parents, it used to be that you were always worried about your kids stepping in a puddle and getting polio or stepping and doing something else. The vaccines that we have grown up with, most of us, most of the time, they have worked very well. There are very few people getting those diseases, and it used to be it used to be so common that parents would lose kids to diseases that it was on the census. You would write on the census, how many kids do you have, how many are living, how many have died, because it was so common. The reason that's not on the census questionnaire anymore is because most people's kids, except for accidents and rare occasions, survive to become adults. That didn't all, That wasn't always the case. The problem I think that might be coming in this argument about the COVID vaccine being mandated, if that is the case that ultimately happens, is most people, I don't think, put it in the same category as a polio vaccine or a mumps vaccine or other things that hasn't been tested very long. It doesn't affect kids in the same scary way. In fact, the CDC itself that's recommending this says that 85% of kids probably have already had the coronavirus, and they even say that the immunization they have because they had the disease, the natural immunization is better and life and will be very likely even lifelong to protect them. So there's a controversy coming that I hope that we avoid. Once again, I think it's the mandates that makes this something difficult to have conversations about. Uh, 888-528-2557, Elizabeth in Los Angeles. We've got a bunch of calls, so just a few seconds here, Elizabeth. What do you think? Okay, so yes, I think that it's hard with the mandates, and I really think that the viruses and the uh, COVID has really affected us because mostly because of what we believe, our faith and what we believe, I think so. Because um, in my case, I didn't want to get vaccinated. I didn't get my kids vaccinated. And um, my kid is special needs, and as soon as they started opening schools for them to go back, mm-hmm. which were special needs were the first ones to go back to school. I was one of the first ones to sign him up to go back because for them, it's really hard for them to just be at, in, in the house. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so um, he went back and he didn't get vaccinated. They were pushing so that he could get vaccinated. I just, I just kept them putting it off, putting it off. Um, so they, they were saying he's going to have to be getting tested every week. So I was like, okay, let's just keep testing him. He's never gotten it. He's are they, are they still doing it? I want to go to some other calls. Are they still uh, testing him every week? Uh, not anymore. Yeah, they're, um, done, they're done with that. Elizabeth, thank you for your call. I want to thank you very much for sharing that. You know, with the kids, here's the statistics. Uh, of 5 to 11-year-olds, only 18.5% of those kids have received the vaccination. And under 5, it's only 2.8%. So parents generally are not doing it. Uh, right now. That's across the board. That's not Democrats, Republicans. That's everybody across the board. It's not happening too often. Uh, Angela and San Dimas, welcome to Southern California Live. A few seconds. What do you think? Hi, my name is Angela. I'm calling for San Dimas. So, far as a mandate, I totally do not agree with it. I don't agree, and I don't have faith in the vaccination because my sister got vaccinated and she got her booster shot. She's been sick ever since. Mm-hmm. And her best friend died and he was fully vaccinated. So I don't have faith in it. I think it's just wrong that they mandatory that for people should have their choice. Just like my body, my choice. The same as abortion, my body, my choice. But they push that, but they don't push this. So I have no faith in it. All right, and Angela, thank you. Totally thank wrong. you for your call. You know, I think the, you know, the abortion thing is a whole other question because uh, the same people who want the virus mandates 
would be saying my body, my choice about abortion. It's different in abortion because we're talking about a baby. Okay, there is another person involved. Uh, Antoinette in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Antoinette, just a few seconds. I turned the radio down. Can you? Are you able to hear me? Yep, go ahead. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can Okay, now. go ahead, please. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Um, well, I want to be quick, but I work at a hospital in L.A. County, and we chose as a group not to get the vaccine. We stayed together as a group. It was over 100 of us. And um, we prayed every day at 1 o'clock, and they said we were going to get fired. They moved us to some of the worstest places to work in with roaches in the bathroom. I mean, they kept trying to make it worse. Some people fell off, but I continued encouraging everybody, stay in, stand by what you believe, our voice, our choice. They can't take it away from us, and only God has the final say, so we're going to get fired. Were you able to keep your job? Let me tell you, August 1st, we went back to our jobs. We never got fired. All right, that's good. Antoinette, <laughs> I got I to gotta be done here. We're almost out of time. Hey, everybody, a lot of calls on this. On Friday, we'll talk about, it's open line Friday, so we can talk about anything you want. I definitely want to hear uh, what you think about this. I think that you know maybe the conclusion from our calls and also just my thought, too, is that the mandates are going forward. The mandates, however they are, schools or in employment, this is something that's going to have to get resolved, I think, politically. Otherwise, we're, we're going to have a hard time coming to a, a place where we can all be on the same page with all of these things. Uh, so thank you for that call. I think it matters, something that we should pray about. And uh, it's definitely on the ballot in a way. Uh, coming up two weeks from today, you got to think about policies when you vote and who you're voting for. Hey, uh, by the way, something right before we go, I want to invite you to an event. The Ferocious Election Day Special is an online event that I do. I do this every election day, and uh, it's online. It's results only. It's nonpartisan. If you really like results, you kind of want to see what's happening through the evening. There'll be a lot of drama, lots of fun. Go to uh, our show website, look up um, Southern California Live on uh, KKLA.com or KPRZ.com, or go to Ferocious.com, F-U-R-R-O-W, it's my last name, C-I-O-U-S.com, and sign up. It's free, and uh, we can get together on Election Night, Ferocious Election Day special. We'll have a lot of fun. Everybody, thanks for calling. You can call back uh, on Friday for Open Phone Friday. Sorry I didn't get to all of your calls, but we are done for today. God bless you. I will see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.